Well, it's already the best service since uh, 2020, I think. Probably the most people we've had in here in one service at a time. And that's good. So I don't even need to preach and it's good. I don't want to ruin things because we're going to go down to the river. I feel like I need to go in the river now. Were you guys getting a workout? Anyone's exercise ring already closed from the worship today? That's a good sign that you're in church and for those in line. I know sometimes it's probably hard to sing when you're on the couch. I, I understand that. It's kind of, sometimes it's hard to sing when you're in this room too, but, uh, but we could hear your voice. Could you hear each other sing this morning? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I was thinking if, uh, if Andrew McLean had been on the stage today, we would have had three couples leading worship up here. Andrew, you, you could get up here for the last song. No, maybe not. Uh, pretty good though. Pretty good deal. Tyler, was that the first time you and Alex were leading together since you guys got married? That's a pretty good deal, too. Isn't that cool? You love seeing people who aren't bald up on stage. Isn't that good? Some younger, a younger crew is here. Well, I will take a drink every now and then. Sometimes it's just like my emergency blanket, you know what I mean? Like I have one just in case. Uh, Nikki got me these little, uh, these little fun things. I have extras if you need. It's kind of fun. We're hoping that uh, this summer, as we're in this waterside series, that it's kind of like an oasis in a, in a dry land, right? That you come to church and you feel like it's refreshing. And so that should be the feel, that should be the vibe. In our, our first week together, we were looking at a story where Jesus had been teaching all day, and then he got into a boat to go to the other side of the lake. And, and as you do after a hard day of work, you fall asleep, you take a little nap. But while he was doing that, this raging storm came up that so bad that even the fishermen in the boat thought that they might drown. And so they woke him up thinking like, don't you even care that we're going to drown? And he doesn't talk to them. He, he speaks to the wind. He speaks to the waves. Both are still. And it's incredible. And, and then in week two, we got to the other side of the lake. We continued that same story. And he finds this man who has many, maybe thousands, they call it legion. There's, there's all these unclean spirits inside this man. And so the, the, the thought there is that there's a storm equally as, as crazy and as wild as the storm, the physical one that he just stilled, and he stills that one too. Uh, last week, we looked at kind of in a missionary lens, uh, having Vanessa with us. We looked at the Apostle Paul, who uh, is really a famous missionary, the first one to get a lot of churches started. He was a church planter. We looked into him, and uh, we were kind of waterside for that too. And, and today we're going to look at, at waterside, and we're going to go waterside. And so this is really kind of a highlight of our year, a highlight of the summer for sure, and of this series. And so as we go down in the, to the river, some of the songs that we were just singing about Jesus resurrecting us, we're celebrating his resurrection, but also being because of what he's done, we can also be raised. And so baptism is a representation of that. And so it's so good. Just yesterday, I was thinking like, you, you need to kind of know where you're starting to know where you're going. Usually there was a kind of a dumb joke that I shared about a month ago. You can't remember which one because they're, they're, they're all kind of like that. But the one that I, I want to just remind you of quickly is kind of an Irish joke. And I feel like because I'm half Irish, I, I, I can share the joke without getting in too much trouble. It's, it's kind of between two men. One of them asked the other, how do you get to Dublin? And the guy responds by saying, well, I wouldn't start from here. 
I know, it's, it's equally as bad today, but, but the point is this, yesterday, Kelsey and I were, were getting cash out at the ESO before going to the market, uh, because so many vendors take cash, so yes, I still have cash sometimes, but while I was getting mine out, she was already finished, I heard her giving directions, or, or trying to, and she was doing a good job, but she was giving directions to, to someone who wasn't from town, and, uh, and it sounded like I could help, so when I came over, I tried, I even took a pen and started drawing drawing a little map. Have you ever done this for someone? You've, you've been like, I wish you could get, just get the GPS and trust it, but sometimes that's not good enough. Because we were going part of the way that they needed to go, we just said, why don't you just follow us? Have you ever done that? You just said, just follow me. I'm in this vehicle. I'll go slow. I'll take you there. Now, I couldn't take them the full way, but when I got them to at least their next starting point, their next kind of beginning, uh, I got out and I came beside their car and just asked, but like, where are you really trying to go? Because it sounded kind of strange. Where they wanted to go was, was just based on the directions they had received. Have you ever seen this before? They wanted to get to Wagner's Lane to get onto Smythe Street. Well, there's better ways probably uh, to get them there, but their final destination was PEI. And it's one of those ideas where, well, I wouldn't start from Wagner's Lane. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the story. But, but nevertheless, I was able to give them pretty good directions to get to the roundabout, and it's scary. I know we're getting better at roundabouts because we have so many of them. But, uh, but it was kind of the idea of where, where are you beginning, but you also need to know where you're going. And that's what we're going to look at today. But sometimes it's easy to just say, follow me. And no, I, I, I couldn't go all the way uh, to take them, but, but I, I trust that they got there. Otherwise, I would have invited them to the baptism, and then we could have gone after. Uh, but it's all good. But think about how the story begins. In the beginning, right? This is how it begins, and that's the creation story. Perhaps you didn't realize that the, the New Testament, it, we think of uh, Matthew as, as being the beginning, but perhaps Mark was the first of the four gospel accounts recorded, and the way that his account starts is this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah. That might be how we read it today, but the actual first word is beginning. And so Genesis, actually also Hosea, Mark, and then John all start with beginning. And so there's this sense of the, the original creation, that story, but also a story of a new creation, which we're looking at and celebrating today. And so we're going to get into the scripture. We need to know a little bit of the beginning to know where we're going and how we even got here. So would you join me in Mark chapter 1? We've, we've read Mark together as a church uh, this year already. There's only 16 chapters. I've been really enjoying it, and so many as you have probably noticed many of, uh, our, of our passages have been there because I've, I've really been uh, spending a lot of time there. We're going to read a little bit from chapter 1. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. So right away, we're already kind of before the beginning of this story. We need to know a little bit about Isaiah and what he declared. And then we start hearing about who he was preparing, uh, who was announced to prepare the way for the Lord. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and they had turned to be God Turn to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, 
He baptized them in the Jordan River. Uh, just on Tuesday, many of us, uh, our seniors were just across the hall. Mel Norton, one of our old pastors, was here to share about a trip he just took this spring, and he actually baptized people in the Jordan River. Isn't that cool? And so we got to see some pictures and hear uh, some cool stories from that. So he had been, we're not sure of the exact location, but he was definitely in the Jordan River. I think that's awesome. Back to John the Baptist, it says that his clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist, and for food he ate locusts and wild honey. This is not a prescription for your diet for later. We have a great barbecue plant. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then just before we finish today's reading, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my son, my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Isn't this cool? And so uh, many commentators speak about here is as there's in the beginning, and you think of the Genesis story, and, and from verse uh, 2 all the way to the end uh, of, of our reading of the Bible in Revelation, there's this theme of water. There's this spirit who is hovering over uh, the waters in, in Genesis, and, and here there, there's uh, the spirit descending and kind of fluttering or hovering like a dove, and so many are saying that the interpretation here shouldn't be lost on us, that this is an indication of something brand new, a new kind of beginning. And actually Jesus, as we know from, from John's writing, he was there in the beginning. Nothing was created except through Jesus. And so here we are, the beginning of the story. And while we speak about John the Baptist and, and John the Gospel writer, we just come ahead again into the first chapter of John. All four gospel accounts talk about the baptism of Jesus, and so it must be important for us to know, well, what does John say? He says, he testifies saying, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him being Jesus. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify he is the chosen one of God. And so as Mark starts out, as John starts out, he's trying to make it, they're both trying to make it really clear that this Jesus is who we think he is, who has been foretold. He's actually the one from the very beginning. He's going to be the one in the very end, and this is his testimony. James R. Edwards Jr. says that the baptism signals the confirmation of Jesus' sonship, and the commencement of his servanthood. And we were just singing a little bit about that as well. This, this kind of starts the ministry of Jesus, and now they know who he is. There's this representation that, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is with him, uh, descended on him, and, and some translations even, even consider into him. And so the Father's there, the Holy Spirit is there, Jesus the Son is there. We have a triune God, and, and this is awesome. Let's pray before we continue. Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word. We thank you. You're, we know your presence is always here. And when we're gathered in your name, uh, we, we thank you. But it is so evident now. And so we thank you for this moment. We don't want to, to waste it or, or rush it. But we acknowledge your presence. Would you speak through your words, speak through me? 
Would you open up our hearts? Would you allow us to understand? Would you bring clarity? Uh, remind us, those of us that already have a, a testimony of coming to faith in you and remembering our own baptism, would we continue to celebrate that beginning? And for someone else today who is going to get baptized, and, and this, is, this is a start for them, uh, we're so excited to celebrate with them. And, and someone else who, who might uh, be prompted even in this message to, to get baptized, uh, we celebrate with them as well and just pray um, that you would do your work, that, uh, that really your will would be done in this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The good news announcement, the first words that we hear of Jesus in Mark's gospel is this, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. The good news or the gospel, sometimes it gets confusing because when we think of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we think of those as being the Gospels or the Gospel account. Well, there's technically one capital G, Gospel, the good news of Jesus, correct? But, but you can call them a Gospel, but it's, it's really about Jesus' good news. And, and maybe you remember from Charlie Brown, but Gospel really means that good news that brings great joy. So it's news that brings joy. This is what the Gospel is. We learned a little bit as a refresher last week. The Apostle Paul, he had this one message that people should repent of their sins. Sins. They should turn to God and have their faith in the, our Lord Jesus. And that's, that's as simple as it is. And so repentance is a change of mind. There's something that changes in your mind. But again, just that illustration of it's also a turning of you might have been going this direction. And remember, it's a 180. We don't want to get so excited and do a 360 and continue back to where we were. Did you like that spin? That was pretty good. That was unplanned. So imagine you're going this way. You need to repent of your sin, which is this way. You need to turn to God, who is this way. So it's not just turning away from this, but it's turning to God, placing your faith in our Lord Jesus. That's part of, of this whole uh, receiving and responding to the good news announcement. That's what repentance is. Now, sometimes when people start in the beginning, they want to, to jump forward a, a couple chapters, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not intentionally skipping that today. Day, but what I mean is sometimes people say, well, there was this tree, and, and this is true, but there's this other tree. And so sometimes people want to talk about a tree in the Garden of Eden, and, and there is one. But I just love how in, in our, our passage today, they jump forward to, their, it's preparing the way for the future tree in Golgotha that, that Jesus is going to go. He's going to give his life for us. Why? Because there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Jesus is the means of that forgiveness. So part baked into the message of Jesus and baked into the message of repentance is it's not just for you to do. There, there's this participation and, and actually Jesus has done this work so that there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. So if someone's willing to turn from where they were to go towards God, He's going to forgive them. Isn't that good news? Yeah, this is good news that brings great joy. So there was a tree, and there is a tree. And the one that we're representing today is the cross. And that's why that symbol is so important for believers, because that is how he dealt with our sin. Good news? So I want to jump not to the end of the story per se, but actually at the end of Matthew's gospel. This is kind of like the start just before the church really forms and, and catches uh, wind. We learned a little bit last week about that. But what are the last words uh, of Jesus in Matthew's account? He says, he comes to his disciples and he says, I've been given. This is post-resurrection, right? 
I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so this is what he, we call this the Great Commission because he commissions his disciples to, to go. And there's a list of things to do to make disciples. And, and that's something that we're doing today to, to baptize them. We're doing that today to teach them. I'm, I'm trying to do that today. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to help you. But I love this. Be sure of this. I am with you always. Jesus' words, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega, and this is part of representing that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the discipleship process because, yeah, we might have a, a few people already uh, ready to go to, to get baptized today. Maybe there's going to be a few more. Many of us have already been baptized. Show of hands if you've been baptized before. Anyone else baptized in a swimming pool? Just, just, just me? Oh, okay. That's cool. Anyone online? Okay. I was baptized in a swimming pool at Riverside Camp in Maine. And so that's where I received Jesus, where I was called into ministry, and where I was baptized. And, uh, and so not too far away, just across the border. But the discipleship process, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. In the Wesleyan Church, one of the ways, you've heard Pastor Tim Guptill, uh, who was our interim pastor for, for a year before I began, uh, what he has, has kind of taught and, and talked about is there's this belief belong, and become. And, and we're going to talk about all three briefly today, believe, belong, and become. And, and so maybe uh, some of you that were here in March remember I had an illustration where I had four chairs. I had these four chairs up here on the stage, and they represented one through four. It's easy to count. I know we just need basic math today. But it went from uh, from, from come and see this, this idea that Jesus actually said to, to different people before they became an official disciple. He simply just said, come and see. Just check things out is basically what he means by that. But then the next one would be follow me. And so the idea is that we need to move from come and see to follow me. And there's, there's more moves too, but the one we're going to highlight today as either a reminder or maybe for the first time that you could move from come and see to follow me, that Jesus would be prompting you, he would be calling you to himself saying, follow me, follow me. Maybe you've been coming and seeing for a while and now it's time, but the four chairs, again, it goes from come and see to follow me, and then, and then he wants to make you someone who will fish for, for people. He was calling fishermen at the time, and so what that really means is that they would then not just go for, for fish for an income and, and for food, but that they would actually go and try to reach more, more people, make more followers, and finally, that they would go and bear fruit. They would become a disciple maker. We decided that a disciple maker, a, a true disciple is someone who makes disciples, who makes disciples, and then they make disciples, and, and they make disciples, and it continues. And so the Apostle Paul was an example of that last week. But the idea today is that if you're in that come and see, that's, that's okay, but you need to move to the follow me as, as Jesus is prompting. 
a response to the good news we already read in, in Mark's gospel account in verse 4 is that people should be baptized. This is what John the Baptist was kind of uh, initiating in the beginning, and then Jesus continued it, is that people should be baptized to show that they have repented, that they have turned from their sin, and they have turned to God to be forgiven. And we've heard Jesus say there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And so why should someone be baptized? Not just because John said so, not just because this John said so either, but because because Jesus actually instituted that for us, and that's part of that commission. But why? To show that you've repented of your sins, you've turned to God, you've placed your full trust in Jesus. Isn't this good? And so uh, what uh, J. Kenneth Grider, he's a, a Wesleyan theologian, what he says is that baptism symbolizes our dying to the previous life and our rising to newness in Christ. Isn't that good news? Maybe you saw this, you thought, John, it's probably a towel, isn't it? Because you're so bald and you're so sweaty. Uh, but no, I'm going to wear this. And if I need to, I might. I'm going to wear this one. Uh, but for those getting baptized today, just in case you couldn't see it at home, uh, it says raised to life. And we have our Crosspoint logo as a reminder on the, on the back. But raised to life, we believe that when you get baptized, you go under the water. Uh, you're dying to your old self. It's, it's representing Christ's burial, his death and burial. You go under the water, we do bring you up out of the water and you're raised to new life. There's something that's already happened on the inside when you've placed your trust in Jesus. Something's already happened on the inside. Now you're showing it on the outside. You're showing it. You're going public and, and with, with such a great crew of people who are going to be waterside and, and not too long from now we're, we're getting to celebrate that together. Well, there's many verses throughout the New Testament that share this. One in particular is in Colossians. Maybe you've heard Paul talk about it in Romans as well, but I wanted to highlight in, in Colossians 2, uh, verse 12, Paul says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So when you're under the water, it's as though you're buried with Christ. And with him you were raised to new life. Think of that t-shirt. We're going to give you one of those. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. If he can raise Christ from the dead, he can raise us as well. Amen. We've been singing this. We've been celebrating this. This is at the heart of the result of, of receiving the good news is that not only do you turn to God, but you're changed by him. And, and not only that, not just a, a spiritual change, but even a physical change that, that something would happen. And ultimately, we're already raised to new life and we will be raised to new life. We already have been, but we will be too. Isn't this good news? We will be raised as well. So there's just a few questions for someone to be raised to new life. So when we're in the water, I'm going to keep it really simple. A couple right down here that are going to get baptized and a few more, I'm sure. And if you're going to join us from online as well, come and do this. I just have to ask, have you accepted Jesus? Have you placed your trust in him? Have you, have you responded to the gospel as we were just talking about? And you can say yes. Okay, that's good. And it is your desire to follow him the rest of your days. And if that's also a yes, then in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, we put someone under the water representing they're dying to their old self. It's like they're buried with Christ. But when we bring them out of the water, they're raised to new life. This is good news. This is at the heart of the gospel. This is why we do what we do. Awesome. You guys with me? You, you're saving some of your energy. You're a little tuckered out from, uh, from a, a great worship set. But when we get down to the river, when that person comes up and the water's coming off, 
We've got to celebrate. It's so good. It's so good. What does a fully devoted follower look like? We're talking about the beginning, the first stage of it. But I, I wanted to give not an exhaustive list, but kind of a list that I've been praying over this week. And, and, and remember, this is kind of like the ideal. If someone was going to be a fully devoted follower, not just starting, but we're talking about beginning. But if you could begin here and then, and then continue to become, this is maybe what it would look like. That you would move from that come and see to follow me. That believing in the good news, you've repented of your sins. You, you were going this way, but you've turned. And not just from that, but to God to be forgiven, to place your trust in him. That's part of being a fully devoted follower. That you would be baptized. And so today's the opportunity to be obedient in that for us to participate Crosspoint needs to baptize people. It's, it's my responsibility for you to know that and for me to help you to get there. And so a fully devoted follower would be baptized. They would belong to a local church just like this one, a, a local church community. You would take part in the Lord's Supper as often as we have it, that you would uh, be a part of weekly gatherings, both online and hopefully in person as often as possible, that you would be in some form of small group, and it doesn't have to be a technical small group, but just some means of discussing and growing with other believers. Kind of the theme here is that we would be growing, we would be becoming. You don't instantly just have it all together, but, but God, with his grace, helps us to grow and become more like him. You would worship God as we were just doing. You would give glory to him, that you would read and meditate on, on, on the word, that you would trust in God, that his Holy Spirit would be speaking to you and, and opening up the word, that you would give generously. That could mean tithing, that tithe meaning 10% of, of, of your income, the first that you give, that you would give. Our church actually this last year gave more than 10% towards missions. So I know you're already faithful in this and that you would give to relief work and that you would help, that you would love and serve one another in the church, in our community, that you would share the story with others. That could be your story, your testimony, that you would share the gospel story, the story of Jesus and how he changed your life and how he can change someone else's. That you would pray, you would have this intimate relationship with the heavenly father, that you would commune with God daily at, at least, that you would be growing closer to Jesus and more like Jesus every day. Wouldn't that be our prayer? That the fruit of the Spirit would become evident in our lives, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control would, would start to come out of us, that that would be part of becoming a fully devoted follower, that God would be changing us on the, on the inside and it would come out that we would be continually surrendering our lives to God, that we would forgive others as Christ forgave us, that we would make disciples. That is just a short list of what it would mean to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And if I could sum it up in three things, is that you believe the good news of Jesus, that you belong to the church of Jesus, to his church really, uh, that, they, uh, that you would belong uh, and become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. That's really it, that you would believe in the good news of Jesus, that you would belong to Jesus and his church, that you would become become being the word, that you would become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. John Maxwell, he's a kind of a leadership guru, and he used to pastor a Wesleyan church. He said that change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And so would you choose, would there be a, a choice on your part to act on it, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to do the hard work, and would you move forward? The band's going to come in just a moment. 
So this is really it, that yes, you would move from the come and see to the follow me, but, but this is it, that you would become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Emphasis on the become, that that would be a starting point. If you don't feel like you're there today, there is so much grace, but that you would become a fully devoted follower of Jesus, that you would believe in the good news, that you would belong to Jesus and his church, that you would become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. It's, it's really about a new beginning, isn't it? It's about a new beginning, and you could begin today. If you haven't already started that journey, what a great time to do it. And what a great time to act on it if today you're, for the first time, you're, you're turning, you're repenting from your sin, you're turning to God to be forgiven, you're turning to him, placing your faith in our Lord Jesus. You become a Christian, you become a follower in that moment. Why not get baptized? Let's do it right now. If you haven't been baptized, that's your next step. And so that's what this is all about. There's some that are all ready to go. Would you also be ready to go? You should come and join us uh, in a few moments. It's a new beginning that you need to act on today. But, but hear me out as the pastor here. The goal is not to win you over to my way of thinking, but to bring you closer to Jesus' way of living. That is our prayer for you today. And it all begins with responding to the good news. Father, we thank you for this news that brings great joy. We thank you for this message. We thank you uh, for the change that you've already done in, in many of our, our hearts. And we thank you for those that are ready uh, to, to get dunked today, to, to be obedient, uh, to follow in the example, to, to represent that they have repented of their sins. They've turned to you. It's all really because of you. We thank you for, um, for the way that you've, you've gone before us in this and, and represented that. And so as we are obedient to your great commission, too, to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, would this be God-honoring to you? Would we help represent a, a starting point that really, Jesus, you create in us? We thank you so much for your grace that there is forgiveness of sins for those who repent. We thank you for going uh, ahead of us and, and for even giving your life for us on the cross. We thank you so much that you were raised on the third day as we were just singing that that tomb was only borrowed for three days. We thank you that you didn't need it any longer. And that doesn't just represent your victory, but a victory that we can share in you, that we can be raised to new life. And so we celebrate that today. So I pray for anyone in, in person or even online right now that if they have been coming and, and seeing and they've been obedient uh, to, to you, your kind of invitation to that, would they hear your prompting as Jesus, you say, follow me. Would they act on that today? Would we be so helpful and encouraging for someone to make that step? Would we also be encouraging for them to be obedient, to get baptized today? If they've already made that decision, would that be that next step? And we're so excited to get to celebrate this. And so as we uh, just turn to, to worshiping you and celebrating with this closing song, we just pray that it would be so glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray.